Hey friends, we're back. Yesterday we started talking about Psalm 46 as a way for God to teach us how to respond spiritually to this coronavirus moment, to this moment of disruption that we're experiencing. And we talked about how God is our refuge and our strength. And while it may be tempting to put our trust in other things, to, to allow our, the weight of our souls to rest on other things, that God uh, is inviting us to trust in Him. And, and actually, this moment of disruption is an opportunity to realize what we're putting our weight on and to shift that weight back to Him. I want to read the psalm again, and I'm going to share a second way that we're invited to respond to this moment of disruption. So Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. So the second part of this psalm really is, uh, I like to think of it as a tale of two cities. The psalmist talks about, he, he, he moves from this image of the mountains falling into the heart of the sea, and then he moves to this picture of the city of God. He says, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved God will help her when morning dawns. And then he talks about the city, what I'd like to call the city of man or the earth. It's like this other picture. He says, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. And so there's these two two different images that the psalmist shifts between. The city of God, which is this place of peace and rest, and at the same time, here are the nations down uh, raging, and kingdoms are tottering, and everything is seems to be falling apart. And of course, as we're here in this disruptive moment, we are aware. Wow, we I think we identify way more with that second picture. With what's happening here on Earth is that things seem to be in upheaval and disruption, and um. You know, the coronavirus is spreading faster in the city of New Orleans than any other place on earth. And hospitals are becoming quickly overwhelmed. And there's confusion in the government itself and mixed messages coming out of uh, the White House. And uh, are we going back to work on the 12th of April or are we, is this all summer? Nobody knows. How fast is this spreading? And so these two different pictures, it's, it's heaven and earth. 
you know, heaven and earth used to be merged at one point in the Christian story in the Garden of Eden. Heaven and earth were the same place. The Garden of Eden was heaven and earth were together and they were driven apart as human beings rejected God as we put our trust in other things, as we tried to be like God. Heaven and earth were driven apart and yet one day, the scripture says at the end of the story, they will be united again. They'll be united. Heaven will come to earth, will crash into earth. But in the meantime, uh, we, are, we are invited by this psalm to remember the city of God. To remember the city of God. That's what the psalmist does in the midst of chaos. He remembers that there's this river whose streams make loud the city of God. And this is not just in the psalm. Paul in the book of Colossians chapter 3 says, Since therefore you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts, set your minds on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Paul reminds the Philippians that we are citizens of heaven and we're eagerly awaiting a Savior from there. All through the scripture, we're reminded to remember the city of God. Now, why is it so important to remember the city of God? The reason is that it's our true home. If you are a Jesus follower, you're not actually a citizen of this country or any other You're not an American. You don't have American residency. Well, you have American residency, but you are a foreigner. You are a foreign national. Your citizenship is in heaven. You happen to be a resident here in America. Now, why is that so important, though, for us to remember that heaven is our true home? When our citizenship and our primary attachment is here in America or really anywhere on earth, when things fall apart here, our lives fall apart. Our souls fall apart. When wherever our primary attachment is, that is where our souls are connected to. And so the beautiful thing about being attached to the city of God, to remembering that that is our true home, that that is our dwelling place, that even right now, spiritually, Ephesians 2 says, you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Being attached spiritually to heaven frees us up to be a non-anxious presence when the earth is falling apart. The greatest theologian in the Western church was St. Augustine. And one of the things that he had to make sense of in his time was that during his lifetime, Rome, the Roman Empire, which had stood firm for a thousand years, was sacked by the Visigoths, by the northern barbarians, and was falling apart. And for Christians in Rome, this was a cataclysmic event. They didn't know how to process it. They thought that that Christianity and Jesus and the kingdom of God were falling apart. Now, why? Because ever since the emperor Constantine, Christianity in the Roman Empire became enmeshed with the Roman government. They were one and the same. And so, when Rome was sacked, when, when the political order fell apart, the Christians in Rome had become overly enmeshed with that political order, and they had become spiritually enmeshed with Rome. And they didn't know how to process what it meant that everything seemed to be falling apart with them. And that's why Augustine wrote his magnum opus, which was called The City of God. 
And in this theological treatise, he talked about how from the beginning there had always been two cities, Rome and Babylon, the city of God and the city of man. And the invitation to the Roman believers was to detach themselves spiritually from the city of man because the city of God stands firm. A couple months ago, my mom passed away from Alzheimer's. She died uh, at 69. She passed away in December. Uh, it's an incredible, incredibly painful experience for me. Um, still is. I'm still grieving it. But I, I was grateful that I was asked to speak at her memorial service. And it was a helpful experience for me to process that loss. And one of the things I realized... Um, uh, that my mom taught me uh, in her sickness and death was that I, I can't make earth my primary attachment. I can't, my, my trust can't be in anything here on earth, my ultimate trust. And I realized one of the things that I, I was so sad about when mom passed was all the things that I had hoped for that would never happen. I had, I'd hoped, put my hope in, in really the American dream for them. I'd put my hope in their retirement. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd look forward to them coming out to visit, getting to know our, our kids. Uh, at one point when I was younger, my mom said, you know, when your kids get old enough, just put them on a plane and send them out to, the, to Washington State. They can come stay at the lake with us. And um, I was so excited about that. And I, and I realized when I lost mom that I had really put my hope in a lot of those things. And um, Alzheimer's completely devastated those hopes. Um, but in the course of mom's Alzheimer's, I think one of the, one of the gifts of that horrific, disruptive event, similar to the coronavirus, is that she... And dad realized that they'd been trusting in the wrong things. And um, they started actually uh, going to church. And um, I think the last season of their life was a season of spiritual awakening. And um, in the midst of her disease, in spite of it, and perhaps maybe even because of it, mom, a couple years ago, um, gave her life to Jesus. And, uh, and so I know that I'm going to see her again, even though I'm so sad that I lost her. Uh, and dad will see her again. And really what happened is the desolation in mom's life and in all of our lives shifted my mom's citizenship, her primary attachment from earth to heaven. That's what happened. And it's an amazing thing. And, so, and now she is a citizen of heaven. And the reality I learned from mom, mom's Alzheimer's and that we, we can learn from this virus is that eventually all of us are going to die. Whether it's at 89, which is when we, we should go, or it's at 69, which seemed too young for mom, or 49 or 29. Most of us are not going to die, praise God, from the coronavirus, but all of us are going to die. And our ultimate hope is not America, it's not our 401k, it's not retiring somewhere warm, it's not taking our 
kids or our grandkids or our great grandkids to Disney. It's not even living to be a hundred because eventually even a hundred will pass on. Our ultimate hope is the city of God. It's the end of history when heaven comes crashing into earth and the dead are raised and we see the Lord face to face and rule with him forever. And so, as the nations are in uproar, as the kingdoms fall, which they all do, and one day America will fall, the Roman Empire fall, every political order will fall, every economy will crash, it will all fall apart, and the coronavirus is just a window into that. Remember where your citizenship is. There's a city of God. And the invitation is that we can all become citizens of that place, just as my mom did when she put her trust in Jesus. Now, you might think being a citizen of heaven would lead you to detach yourself from earth, right? To become, as the saying goes, so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. But in fact, it's actually the opposite. Being a citizen of heaven means you don't actually need to be afraid of death. Being a citizen of heaven frees you up to love your neighbors without fear. Jesus, after all, was a citizen of heaven, and he left earth, became human, moved here to this place to minister to us. As I'll share next time, Jesus moved to a place with a pandemic, the pandemic of sin and death, and he caught our disease so that he could ultimately heal us. Jesus left the city of God and came to earth so that the kingdom of God could eventually be established here. And he taught us to pray that God's kingdom would come and his will would be done here as in heaven. And so I want to invite you to think about as one of the ways for us to respond to this disruptive moment is to examine where does our citizenship lie? Where does your citizenship lie? Is it here on earth in America? Or is it the city of God? Because the reality is that there is no ultimately stable order here on earth. Nations rage. Kingdoms totter. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. Ultimately, this is not our final home. But God has promised that there is a city for us that one day will come down and crash into earth and heaven and earth will be reunited. And so this is an opportunity for us to learn what it means to be uh, foreign nationals of that new Jerusalem. And so, Lord, as we allow this moment to shape us spiritually, would you remind us to lift our eyes and to remember that you are seated on the throne in heaven, that Jesus, you have gone to prepare a place for us, and that one day you're coming back, and that we are invited to be citizens of heaven. And to live here on earth without fear, to love and serve our neighbors and to care for those around us because we know that ultimately our home is secure in you. 
And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the third way that we can respond to this time of cataclysmic disruption, looking at Psalm 46. Bless you all. See you tomorrow.